Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Fulcrum Radio Show. I'm your host, Damian Piper. The Fulcrum is the University of Ottawa's legendary English newspaper, produced on the University of Ottawa campus in downtown Ottawa, the capital city of the north on the Great Turtle Island. Our regular program is on hiatus for the next week, but we want to take the opportunity to bring you a special feature, an extended conversation with Dr. Walter Hendelman, a physician and the guy who literally wrote the book on neuroanatomy. In fact, he wrote a lot of books about neuroanatomy. Dr. Hendelman is a distinguished fellow whose storied career has spanned decades, and he's also a former employee, I should add, from the University of Ottawa. Dr. Hendelman, now retired, has been putting his efforts into the ongoing issues with the Civic Hospital proposal and the Central Experimental Farm. Dr. Hendelman is a member of Reimagine Ottawa, and it was an absolute delight to speak with him. In this in-depth discussion about the current plan for the proposed Ottawa Civic Hospital, we discuss issues related to the planning and selection process, the failed promises of two of the city's most recent legacy projects, Lansdowne and the LRT, issues of accessibility which have plagued the current civic proposal, and the inevitable swelling of downtown traffic, as well as a whole lot more. Dr. Hendelman also makes the case that if this hospital is really as important as they say it is, then why are we building the parking garage first. This is my conversation with Dr. Walter Hendelman. Dr. Hendelman, thank you very much for speaking with me today. Well, Damien, if I may refer to you by your first name, um, thank you for inviting me to speak with you. This is my first time I've been interviewed by um, the public media in Ottawa. Um, and and I'm I really on behalf of the Reimagine Ottawa group um, would like to thank you for 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 really being um, uh, willing and and chasing us down to make sure that people as many people as possible know about what's going on with the proposed uh, and perhaps soon to be relocation of the Ottawa Civic Hospital at the site of the experimental farm just across the street, basically, from Dow's Lake and the Tulip Festival. Now, uh, just to touch back on what you said, uh, you're you're a statured member of the uh, University of Ottawa community. Have you ever spoken to the fulcrum before? No, no, I'm, I'm... uh, I've retired at least three times, but the last time was for real, and I and I now, um, except for some trailing projects, to which still are unfinished, um, remarkably, mainly due to COVID. We'll blame COVID for everything, but this case, I think it's correct, um, and I'm trying to clean up my uh, my remaining files with uh, with my professional life. Yes. Okay. I was at the Faculty of Medicine as a researcher, teacher, um, participant in many projects over a span of about 50 years, um, having come 
to Ottawa and started my career, in, if you want to believe it, in 1968. That's a long time ago. It uh, must seem like only yesterday, though. No, no, no. It feels like a long time ago. <laughs> uh, it feels like a long time. Well, uh, sir, you're. I, I'm very happy to have you on the show. Your biography is extensive. A Bachelor's of Psychology from the University of McGill in 1958. Your MD also from McGill in 62. Uh, certainly your efforts in education have kind of been peppered all throughout that time frame. Your list of accolades and accomplishments, as well as published works, uh, would take me so long to go through. I don't know if we have enough time. Uh, but the point being, it's safe to say that, Dr. Hendelman, you've been a fixture in the medical community for a long time now. Uh, you well, when you, used, when you use the word fixture, I look at the lamp lamps behind you. That's a fixture. I'd like to be a dynamic <laughs> fixture. Can I be a dynamic fixture? I, I, I believe it's absolutely possible. I know the right electrician. We will just uh, re rewire a few things. Um, now, of course, uh, I've asked you here, I, I think we could talk about just about anything, but I asked you here today to speak on the new civic hospital, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, um, we'll see if we can condense it so that we don't lose track of all the... Uh, all the um, unfurled stories. The, the um, hospital uh, at the Civic uh, wants to build a new facility with individual rooms, uh, better ventilation, uh, better arrangement of rooms, etc. And, and it's an older hospital. I, I have been in the hospital once at the main site, and once at the Cardiac Institute and uh, which will not move so fast, by the way. Um, and and it, it's an old place. So a new hospital is deserved. Um, the National Capital Commission was asked to do an extensive survey for the new site. And after six months and several thousand people who were canvassed in a, an approved survey by the hospital. Um, the recommendation was to relocate the hospital at Tunney's Pasture. Most people are familiar with Tunney's Pasture as a federal site. There are a lot of buildings, tons of parking spots, not too many trees. And um, there is a, a very good uh, LRT link there from on the east-west line. Um, there's a bus hub which comes in from uh, Parkdale and from Holland and from Scott Street. And so a hospital seemed logical to be there. The, um, the hospital board, the board of governors of the hospital, and that board is consists of two layers of people, um, a volunteer board unpaid from the community and of course the professionals who are ex officio on the board which means that they don't have the power of vote so the ceo and managers etc sit on the board well after this uh, announcement was made in 2016 the board rejected the site and then there was a rushed meeting uh, 
in the mayor's office over a period of two, three, four days. And the announcement was made at the end of that with many politicians in the room, whoever the politics were in power at the time, that, um, that the hospital would be located at the uh, site of the experimental farm. Uh, there was no, to the best of my knowledge, there was no site plan uh, sized uh, or any, any other um, details released. And when, um, during the pandemic, if, if you lived in this area, you would see scores of people with and without their dogs and partners and kids out at the farm picnicking, spreading blankets on both sides of Prince of Wales Drive. The hospital is on the northern side of Prince of Wales. The Arboretum is on across the street. You would umpteen people enjoying the beautiful uh, surface of grass and smells and trees. And uh, I'm one of them. I live, as I said, nearby, and I have to exercise daily if I can. Uh, so this, this in the, in the sweep of things with, with uh, the various variants of, of the COVID uh, situation was sort of tucked away. And then suddenly we're faced with this massive hospital footprint and I will detail all the problems with the current site. So again, just to reiterate, a site was chosen, rejected with very scant reasons. The site was moved very behind closed doors with some sort of deal arrangement, who knows what, because it's not public. When the mayor announced the site had chosen, uh, that was chosen, there were no reasons given at all. It is reminiscent of what happened at Lansdowne. It is very reminiscent of what happened with the LRT line. It's the same sort of pattern if people are looking to, to pick up um, the bottom line message. Not transparent, not democratic, and, and a big surprise when we saw the site itself and the proposed placement of the of the hospital and, and and just to touch back when you say the issues in which uh lansdowne or the lrt were presented what worries you about how well, those outcomes and how this might be the same well we could we could spend you know various sessions on all of those lansdowne um uh, is is in serious problems now because parts of the north stand have to be taken down i as a member of the community knew about that certainly the mayor knew about that uh and the city council should have known about that and yet it proceeded the lrt we all know with joanne chianello her uncovering of of the various steps on that one so there's no point for me to spend my time on that issue. It's just the same kind right. of people are looking at a pattern here. There's a pattern of, of how decisions have been made uh, over three major projects. This one is bigger than the LRT. The LRT was $2 billion. This project to build a new hospital is estimated at $2.8 billion. 
close to $3 billion in 2016 estimates. And we all know that the price of everything, particularly in, in construction, has gone up remarkably since that point. The province only will donate uh, of that 2.8, 2.1. So there's a huge fundraising amount that will have to come from, quote, the community. All right, so what are the, what are the issues now with the current site? Well, first of all, the current site was supposed to be a um, national historic site in perpetuity. I use those words, quote. The site was under the auspices of the NCC, and the NCC basically, under the minister at the time, signed it away with a 99-year, I believe it's a $1 fee, but don't quote me on anybody on that one, for 99 years. So the hospital, it was signed over. You can question, is the minister allowed to do that? I have no idea whether the minister is allowed to sign away something which was supposed to be given to Canada, all the people of Canada, not just of Ottawa in perpetuity. It's signed away, it's done. And, uh, and it is like Lansdowne and like the LRT, a P3 project. I'm given to understand that that's a public-private partnership. So there's a company involved. It does smell because the same developer that did the Lansdowne deal seems to be involved in this one. So, I mean, we could diverge into, into what deals we have been made. Maybe it's relevant or not, but at the moment, what are the problems with the current site? Well, first of all, the current site is full of trees. Some of them historic trees planted way back when, 50, 60, 100 year old trees, mature trees, and in the midst of a pandemic and a climate change, which is now certainly obvious to almost everybody, in, 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 certainly in Canada, in Ottawa, in the world, um, it seems very counterintuitive, if not, if not really ridiculous, to, to, make, to allow over 50 acres of green space in the middle of the city to suddenly become a huge hospital with parking lots and um, lost, just lost. In the midst of all this, of course, most of us know that the, the um, canal, the Rideau Canal and Dow's Lake as part of the Rideau Canal is, is in fact a, a World Heritage Site. So, it, it impinges on, on the site. Anybody in Ottawa who has an opportunity, uh, if they can find a parking spot, uh, to visit the tulips during the annual Tulip Festival, and I'm gonna come back to that one. Um, if you're a skater, uh, you can't wait until the uh, winterlude to go over to that area and put on your skates and skate on Dow's Lake what a treat, what a unique treat. So in the midst of all that beauty and that green space in the summer and white space in the winter with the, with the boats on there doing races, etc., we're gonna lose all of that. Nobody will find a parking spot within three kilometers. 
So the site presents some logistical problems, the least. But the main factors that emerge about this site is that on two levels. If you go to the site, there's the level at the at the level of, of Carling and Preston with an intersection there, which is clogged up normally at rush hours, particularly on the way home. Um, the, uh, the site will go all up a, up a sort of cliff where there's apparently a fault line, which occasionally shakes. There are some tremors there and then goes up on top of the hill and takes in a huge, beautiful green in the summer and white in the winter bowl where people could sit on the lawn where you can cross country ski, snowshoe, etc., in the winter and goes all the way almost infringing on the uh, ornamental gardens, which are at the top at the circle where the, uh, where the experimental farm uh, is located. It's a huge development. So um, originally it was proposed that to go with this hospital, there would be an underground parking lot down sort of near Carly and the LRT would be um, a convenient um, access to the hospital. So where is the LRT located? The LRT loca is located not on the size, side of Carling, which is uh, where the hospital will be. That's the north side. It's located, sorry, on the south side. The LRT station is actually located on the north side. So there's an immediate problem. How do you get from the north side of Carling on a very busy street, very active buses, etc., street to the south side? And then from there, you have to go up the hill to where the hospital entrance is located. Um, it turns out that the LRT station cannot be moved because on the, on the south side of Carling, there's a decline of the track and also a curve. So technically speaking, it can never be moved to the other side and it won't be, no matter what anybody would like. Well, what are the implications of that? The implications of that we heard at the planning committee meeting from at least a dozen people that the access from the LRT station, the public transits, the major line, uh, it's called the Trillium line at that point, um, is roughly four to five football fields. That's roughly a half a kilometer, uh, and that's only one way, all right? And then you get to the front door of the hospital. So it, there's an enormous logistical problem there. Apparently, the rules about access in the codes that are available are not sufficient in itself as far as we can figure out as a lay group to deter the project. It should, it, it, they, they, at the planning committee, if I may be so bold as to say, these people who pleaded, who their, their case about 
What happens with people with mobility problems? What happens if you're old, like me? What happens if you're sick? How do you make it from a, if you don't, can't afford the parking fee and you can't access a taxi, you go through public transit, how do you get through that long walk and then have to face where you register, where you find the room, how do you talk to the doctor? And when you're finished all that, you got to go all the way back and retrace your steps. The LRT line, by the way, the spur, this trillium line is, is it's not clear to me when it's going to finish. At the moment, there are no tracks going there. So that's, that stands out to me as a severe problem. Uh, so uh, a little bit of uh, quick table setting. Uh, so as we're saying, of course, like w- the hospital is going to be too far away from any transit stops. Yeah. Uh, but I did want to go back for a second on something you said, because you were talking a lot about uh, parking, of course, is an issue, uh, certainly in this city, many others. But uh, just in terms of the province, the province's approach to parking garages when building hospitals, what is different about, you've mentioned this is a 2,500 car garage or something, of course, built on National Historic Site. Uh, but what is it about it, the process here that stands out to you? How would a parking garage be factored if we were in Toronto? Don't know, but let's put it this way. The underground parking garage cannot happen because there's a major sewer line going through the site. They cannot do it. Did they know about that when they were making the proposal to put it underground? We'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but I doubt it. I I strongly think that somebody knew about that. It's a major, major sewer line. It's been there for umpteen decades. The other, so now we've got to build a garage and uh, it will be above ground. But when you talk about provincial funding here, the province by its own regulations cannot pay for parking lots and garage. So when you go to a hospital and you pay this enormous fee, it's a fundraiser for the hospital. It doesn't have anything to do with the province. So now we've got to construct a garage. So the garage site will be at the corner of Preston and Prince of Wales Drive and Carling, that triangle. Well, when uh, without being able to show a map, but I could send it to you as an attachment, the parking lot, the parking garage, which is now proposed to be built, we think the amount needed to build it, it will, is $300 million above ground, four story, 2,500 plus cars, uh, larger than the one apparently at the airport, um, which which will be built first. If you raise your eyebrows now, I could say, why are you raising the eyebrows? Why, if we're building a hospital, would you put up a garage first to be started perhaps as early as next month, the March of 2022, to be completed in 2024? So go ahead and ask me the question and then I'll answer it. Uh, So why are we building the garage before the hospital? So the answer given by the hospital is 
they don't want their workers to impinge upon the local communities to park. Many workmen will be involved. Isn't that sweet of them? So, um, so they're going to build a garage so all the workers can park in the garage before the hospital starts. I, I, it's I. Whenever I hear these ideas, sometimes in the rhetoric, because and I do want to touch on uh, the most recent planning committee meeting. I want to ask you about that in a, in a moment. Uh, some of the logic, it seems. What is what is your view here? Is it because is nobody asking the right questions, or is nobody listening to the answer? Why do we accept these answers? Well, Damien, um, I think your generation will have to take over, frankly, and I'm hoping that your generation will take over because the answers are not forthcoming. The way the, the plan is laid out, that no matter what the public has said about the site, the lack of planning for, for the parking and traffic along Carling, there will be several thousand apartments available on Carling Avenue within five years. The traffic planning has not been done. Uh, a, the traffic, uh, the uh, transit demand, whatever they call TDM, uh, for how much usage will be for the LRT, if and when it's completed, has never been mapped out. They expect that for the hospital staff, will be a couple of thousand people that uh, in X years, 50% of them will take the LRT. Well, there's no evidence, there's no planning involved. The traffic um, implications for the local Dow's Lake, which is between uh, community, which is between Dow's Lake and Bronson has never been listened to. They've pleaded, they presented, they did their homework. Basically, the, the city has, um, uh, with, with the blessing, presumably, of the NCC, um, well, it's actual, it's more than presumed, are allowed to proceed notwithstanding good community feedback about the defects of the plan, the site, the lack of adequate planning, communication with the community, et cetera. It's just being allowed. And at the planning committee, you were supposed to talk only about the garage and you weren't supposed to talk about the site, which, which, which is not intuitive to me. And, and the plan for the garage, if you, if you go online to see it, to, don't be fooled by the trees in the plan, which are hiding the garage. Um, uh, because those trees are what are, uh, which will be planted, were uh, planned into the plan this, uh, uh, at approximately 10 years or 20 years of age. So it's not going to look like that for a long time if they grow and if they're properly cared for. I want to add to the garage, by the way, that, that the garage will feature, I want to make that word very strong, will feature a green roof, okay? And the green roof will have tennis courts or or that new game which are played on tennis courts. I forget what it's called. Is it 
it's not pinball, it's something like that, um, uh, on top. And um, they'll have uh, nice sites to have coffee and they'll grow trees on the green roof. How, what kind of trees? I call them treelets, right? Little trees. What can you grow on a green roof? Um, so the plan goes re really on and on, but it doesn't get to the heart of the problem. But the site is not really accessible. It's not really conveniently located to the LRT. It is not the original site chosen. And the reason that it's being moved there have never been made clear to the public. And the consultations have really, I guess you would say, in a very simple matter, fallen on deaf ears. Period. And so are we too late to fix this? Well, that's a wonderful question. So let me let me finish this this tirade of mine about the site with with Queen Juliana Park. In this case, I'm going to read to you a piece which is about Queen Juliana Park. Queen Juliana Park is not a is not is a green space, and it's adjacent to the um, piece of land that is where the garage will be. As a matter of fact, the garage will take away half of that park. The best place to see it, Queen Juliana Park, is on Carling Avenue, when Sherwood Drive meets it, and Champaign Avenue. It's just across the street. It's a green space with trees, some lights. It's being used by the indigenous community and may have been used for many centuries by the indigenous community for powwows. Um, the LRT station, demar the LRT track, sorry, demarcates its uh, eastern boundary. And this hill, um, almost a cliff, demarcates its, its, uh, east its um, western boundary. Um, so it's a commemorative park, and I'd like to read you a piece about it. Um, in March 2022, Queen Yola, um, the park will be bulldozed for five acres, uh, 2,500 car, four-story above-ground parking garage. The park commemorates the friendship between the Netherlands and Queen Juliana, who as a princess spent the war years and gave birth to a daughter here in Ottawa. Many people know that story. Uh, a room of the civic hospital was declared Netherlands territory when, when the, um, the daughter was born. Her gift, that's Queen Juliana's gift of thousands of tulips to the city in 1945 and ever since years since gave rise to the Canadian Tulip Festival, which is the largest tulip festival on this continent. The tulips in the park also commemorate the more than 7,600 Canadian soldiers who were killed liberating the Netherlands. The park was dedicated by Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau in 1976 to commemorate Queen Juliana's stay in Ottawa and to symbolize the enduring friendship between our two countries. Now, I learned last night that the Tulip Festival will be commemorating its 70th 
year this year. Seems really odd, sad, tragic, that in the year that we're commemorating the 70th year of this, of this um, really historic and uh, important landmark in Ottawa, that the park is being demolished. Literally, I believe this, the date will be in, in May, which is when the Youth Tulip Festival will be. But uh, if, if the permit is given by the city, the trees will already be gone from Queen Juliana Park. It's really, it, it's almost tragic to, to, of that proportion that here we are commemorating the, the, the liberation of the Netherlands, the loss of Canadian lives, that 7,600 figure is just the known death of soldiers involved, Canadian soldiers. So um, uh, I, that's to bring you up to date with, with really a park that's, that's being um, understated, uh, but, but cer certainly um, is a valued historic landmark for Canada, for Ottawa and for Canada. And so question again, is it too late to fix this or are the wheels well, in motion? Well, I wish we were in a conversation now and I could throw the question back to you. <laughs> what would what what could we do at this point? Okay? To use that infamous uh, analogy, uh, the train is rolling down the tracks. And it's very hard to stop the train that's rolling down the tracks and picking up speed as it rolls down the tracks. What could you do? Well, I think the first thing is that you're doing it. You're making it publicly, public knowledge to more and more people who, who simply, uh, with respect, live in different parts of this spread out city. Do people in Orleans ever come to this area, I bet they do. If you talked about the Tulip Festival or the skating, do people in Canada come to this park? Likewise, in Barhaven, likewise. But they may not understand, or not in the midst of COVID and school closures and Omicron and the occupiers, this, this, it's difficult to get people's attention. They're losing their jobs, they're working from home. It's it's a strange time, and so what? How would you do it, right? What would you do? Got an answer for us? Maybe you can help. <laughs> I, us. I I well, I've tried to do my part here by uh, talking to you as somebody who uh, at so, least. So in a very very preliminary way, and I and I say this with some trepidation now because it may not emerge. It, it seems like there is um, a desire, a will, a, um, a driving force behind the 12 to 15 key activists on the part of Reimagine Ottawa to uh, hold a huge public rally in May at some point, sorry, in April at some point, uh, late April, before May, um, uh, to to uh, mark the, the the occasion of the uh, uh, 70th anniversary of the Tulip Festival and and incorporating Queen Juliana Park into this 
rally. It's very tentative. It, it's, it's a proposal sort of still on the coals here. Uh, it doesn't have, other than a proposed, so I, we think a date, which I will not say because it could change, uh, but at least that's where the, the driving force behind the group. And, and I'm sort of reluctant to say so, but at least if, if, if we could get enough attention around the city, maybe we could, we could continue to, to get some attention focused on this. The occupiers, I hope, are gone. Omicron seems to be waiting. The schools are on. So maybe as life calms down and ice storms disappear and the snow melts and becomes snowdrops and tulips and crocuses, maybe we can get enough people from all the corners of this spread out city to understand that this measure, this maneuver to build a garage and a, and a, a huge hospital on that particular site is, is not it's not, it, it's wrong. It's just wrong, bottom line. And so, uh, pardon me, let me, I, I try to regroup. I think you answered part of my last question, my yeah. next question in that one. So what should we do now? Spread the word. Spread the word that we've got a, a bad process and a bad outcome to a good idea, the good idea to build a modern hospital, to incorporate all the features of researchers, teachers, clinicians together. All of those things are very excellent ideas. And as part of the medical profession and having been at the bedside and having been a patient and going to clinics, et cetera, no doubt something is, is needed to, to bring it up at, at a at a reasonable cost uh, to modern standards, which would include, of course, ecological and and uh, as, as 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 well as uh, heating and cooling standards, etc. Wherever it's placed, the same features. It doesn't have to be at the farm to have those features. It could have those features at any other site in Ottawa. And Tunney's pasture, now that we've seen people working from home, is certainly an underused facility, flat, uh, well-serviced by public transit, um, uh, Scott Street, um, the drive uh, along the Ottawa River Drive, whatever we are going to call it now, uh, renamed, uh, is accessible, uh, equidistant as as the current site is from from the uh, Queensway, um, it 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 seems it seems ridiculous, if I may use such a harsh term, if not, uh, to 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 put it in the middle of the city in a green space, uh, with all kinds of logistical access problems. It just it just doesn't seem right. Maybe in 2016, respectfully. That was a different time, but now climate change is here. It's no longer maybe. Uh, LRT is here. Let's 
let's make full use of the LRT line, not just the spur line, which is going to Carlton and, and eventually maybe to the airport, uh, hopefully to the airport. Let's, let's make use of all those facilities which we paid for already at, uh, at much reduced cost, but, and let, the, let, let us have good access to a modern facility by all means with minimum tree loss. I haven't given you the tree figure yet because you haven't asked. So I'll give you the tree figure. The and how figure how many, let me ask, how, how many trees are we gonna lose? Okay, good. Okay, thank you for asking. <laughs> so, the, so the tree loss is estimated by Jake Morrison to be over 500 mature trees and probably trees which don't merit that name of a couple of hundred. So the tree loss figures will be vary from 600 to seven, 687 to 750. So you can use the rough figure of over 700 trees, mostly mature, will be uh, uh, gone for this project. Now, the hospital has promised that they will plant five trees for every tree demolished. I should not fail to mention that. Those will grow up for your grandchildren. I hope. Yeah. And uh, I, on that note, uh, the city of Ottawa says they replant three trees for every tree that it cuts down. But the city of Ottawa is not responsible for this property uh, as it was crown land. And so as... Yeah. As you say, uh, they will not. The city will not be responsible to monitor any of these trees. It will, and and similarly, when it comes to snow removal, that will the onus will be on the hospital itself. But having having been um, introduced to um, what I again a terrible expression, but it's called I think it's called my baptism of fire as a community activist uh, in the Glebe. With Lansdowne, um, if you saw all the drawings of Lansdowne, uh, treed Lansdowne, beautiful shade, etc., go there in the summer. Tell me what you see. Okay. Most of them, many of them died. A good deal of them died. They never made it through the first phase. They get right. a little patch of, of earth with the concrete all around and a little grate on top so that water can seep into them. Yeah, um, so uh, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical, right, about drawings. No, absolutely. And uh, and to your point about that, specifically with Lansdowne, uh, the maintenance of the trees at Lansdowne, uh, the city specifically says that that was the responsibility of the Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group and not the city itself. So, uh, as you say, there are these pictures and promises, but when it comes to monitoring and oversight, there is a lot of buck passing and blame game. And so uh, you just even if we were to give the benefit of the doubt, to maybe the hospital suddenly has its own forestry program. Point made, if they're going to plant five trees, where are they going to be planted and who, who's going to look after them exactly? Well, those, these are, we seem to always have more questions than we do answers. When they, they give us an answer for something and, and it, there, sometimes there's not a lot of substance there. Yeah, 
Okay. So in case people who watch this have lost track of where we're going, here are the main facts. The green space at the experimental farm, just generally called a national historic site, 40 to acres of that, plus uh, um, about 10 acres of including Queen Giana, Juliana Park, uh, totaling 50 to 53 acres will be lost to the hospital one way or another. The hospital proper, the parking lots surrounding the hospital, the uh, uh, heating plant, and the um, four-story above-ground parking garage. Um, the parking garage has to be paid for, and as I said, the, the best figure available um, is 300 million without, that is not provided by the province, by, by its own statutory um, regulations. Over 500 mature trees or totaling seven, over 700 trees will be lost in this project. The LRT, the LRT station, which is on the uh, opposite side of where the hospital will be, is not going to be moved. Um, and the access for anybody with any um, uh, mobility problems, and I, I've emphasized the seniors because I'm a senior, people with disabilities, people with wheelchairs, walking, um, walkers, uh, strollers, you name it, right? Visitors to help patients in the hospital. The distance is roughly four to five football fields and, and a hill included. Um, there was a request for an environmental assess impact assessment. The new Minister of the Environment, uh, Mr. Gilbo, if I pronounce it correctly, um, has not allowed that impact assessment to be done. It was his call on a technicality. The technicality was that the lease is already signed. Um, the Hospital Board of Governors, although it says it welcomes uh, input from the public, has not called has not called a public consultation on either the the uh, site the site plan, the design of the hospital or anything else. And um, we haven't gone into other buildings which the hospital is proposing to put up at the corner of Carling and Preston and all the traffic problems um, at that corner. So uh, I, I think that's a fairly adequate summary. Yeah. Is uh, would you like to talk about the buildings? No. No. no okay. No, fair I, enough. I don't understand what they are. It's called Carling Village. Will they be commercial? Will they be condos? I never understood um, um, why it had to be built. What it had to do with the hospital? Is this a fundraiser? Is are they leasing it out? That's that. I've, I've never figured it out. Maybe other people in the group can understand these drawings better than me. Mm hmm. Uh, well, what about is there any final remarks or anything you'd like to say that comes well, to mind? What I'd like to say, Damien, is thank you. OK, it makes me feel better, at least that that there's some public documentation that we tried at least 
um, on behalf of the group. There's a group here of very determined people who, who simply cannot understand how this can be allowed to proceed. Um, and efforts have been put out to get articles in, in community and, and public newspapers um, to um, uh, alert the provincial, the federal ministers. I have signed a couple of letters and written a few on my own. Nobody seems to be taking responsibility for looking at this on high like uh, and saying, you know, it, it, it doesn't look promising. It doesn't look like this is what's needed. I know you interviewed uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Barry, what's the second name? Uh, Derek, Barry Bruce. Dr. Bruce, and, and um, he's an experienced clinician. Um, and I listened to his interview. And again, I would never have known without, without your uh, facilitating this. Uh, his proposals made a lot of sense to me as, an, as, uh, as from the medical point of view that what we really need perhaps is not what's being built in the first place, which is why build a mega hospital with all its costs and, and servicing problems uh, when it will take on a good day without snow, ice, sleet or um, torrential rain people from uh, outlying communities to come into this mega hospital, find a parking spot and, and hope to locate whoever they dropped off uh, in this huge complex. Apparently the other hospitals have been built in major cities. I wanna really thank you for, for taking the issue. I keep, I keep hoping that out of the paid professionals um, who are supposed to be report who are reporters and supposed to be investigating and questioning etc um, I keep hoping that out of out of somewhere a Joanne Cianello uh, uh, copy will emerge who is un unafraid not afraid of losing his or her job and willing to dive into this problem before it's too late but your real question is is it too late? And I entered this project in, in, with this group in December, uh, started in the fall when we had basically singing for the trees up in the farm when, when there were leaves on the trees and et cetera. Uh, but at this point, I'm deeply committed to see whether we can get somebody somewhere to speak up high up the ladder, um, our Minister of Health, maybe even the premier, our minister of disabilities, our minister of long-term care, which is supposed to be looking at, at the, at the uh, elderly, the senior population, somebody somewhere, there are ministers all over the place. They have not responded and, and to, to authentic, uh, authenticated uh, approaches, right? We're, we're not undermining them. We're asking them to look at the problem and to stop the process and reconsider. Just stop the process. Don't let it continue at the cost of trees and, and this parking garage. Just stop it. Now, get all the facts straight. Let's go back and relook at whether the issue is correct. 
before it's too late. Yeah. And and if anybody wants to get involved in Reimagine Ottawa, how do they do that? On the website. Yeah. Yeah. It's an open group. All right. There are no qualifications, no fees involved. Just just passion. Wow. And uh, well, thank you very. Anything else you'd like to say, Dr. Handelman? I think I I don't I don't think we should go any longer. Uh, yeah, well, it's like yeah. Thank you. Got, got to retire three times. Hey, we ended that. We ended it <laughs> with false endings. False endings. Okay. Uh, but thank you very much for thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me, sir. Yeah. It's oh. been a pleasure having you. Uh, uh, and uh, finally, after a, a long career at Ottawa U, you've made it to the fulcrum. It just. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I published one article once before with uh in in the gazette uh yes um oh. i think i still have it in the basement somewhere i'll look for what for the date <laughs> oh wow uh well th- thank you again it was sir. on teaching and learning yes it was on the teaching and learning process more educational yes